folks. Welcome to Evan the Counselor Live. Once again, I'm Evan the Counselor. Holy crap, we have an awesome episode today. It's extremely unique with a really unique human, and that is Dan Cunningham. And Dan is a coach and professional organizer. He creates content for Amazon, for his own platforms, and he's a super just awesome guy. And I wanted to interview him because he really takes a deeper view of organization and how that equates to wellness in general, and how you can use different tactics of organization to improve your life. And I found this fascinating because I do this with a lot of my own clients. We find little life hacks, tips, and tricks to make the change process easier, and ultimately hoping to lead to greater levels of life satisfaction. So we structured this interview a little bit differently. So in this, we're going to share, or Dan is going to share, 15 of his favorite life hacks for organizing your life. And that just brought up a lot of different conversation. And you know it's a good interview when it goes longer than that usual hour. So this one went about two hours. So you don't want to miss it, though. Throughout, he gives these awesome life hacks, and I share some tips of my own, things that I do with my clients. We get personal. It's a lot of fun. So check this out and hit me up. You know where to go. If you need anything, have any questions, suggestions about shows, shoot me an email. And folks, enjoy. All right, Dan, welcome to the show. It's awesome to have you here. Thank you. It's well, great to be here. The organizer man in the flesh. Thank you, Evan. Thank digital. you for having me. Yeah. yeah the digital the digital flesh. Yeah. So you and I we chatted uh before and we came up with this idea because I found, you know, in reviewing your content, it seems like one of the things that people just love the most, uh, of all the stuff that you do, um is like some of those life hacks and it seems like it's very all-encompassing right in all the work that you do as far as organizing and everything that you teach people but it seems like people love those maybe it's the TikTok era people love those quick life hacks so like and so what is it about those that you think people resonate with i, I think everybody i can relate to them because they're you know they're 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 just uh tips that you know everybody can apply every everybody relates it's kind of like what makes a joke funny and if it's relatable i think alan degeneres even he has a uh stand-up routine now with that title but if it's relatable and people can relate to it i think they resonate with it i've i have always been really into uh lists of tips and tricks uh, i can remember uh combing through cookbooks and, and Reader's Digest and, um, and you know, when, when the online world started creeping into mine, it was um, just a wealth of, of additional knowledge. And, uh, so I don't know. I love them myself. I like maybe they pick up on my excitement about them. I don't mm -hmm. know. <laughs> yeah. So I was watching those videos that people seem to resonate with most. And I mean, in all your videos, you're like this, but you have this like energy and excitement about it. Um, yeah, I think there, yeah, some, some of those things, those little tips can really make a difference. I just thought of one, one of my favorite ones. Um, maybe I'll, I'll share it a little bit later on, but it's a, a hack to eating a cheeseburger that I show everyone. <laughs> I want to know that. I don't have it. 
I don't have a cheeseburger eating hack in my. Yeah, you can't even have to steal this one because it's not like I invented. It's not like I invented it or anything. Right? I mean, I don't know whoever invents any of these. You know, it's all just um, gathered in research. I guess some of them I I may have along along the way. I'm not sure, but I'm yeah. certainly not an inventor. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll share that one. I don't want to be the first one to give a life hack. On I'll we'll see. Wait on your. Well, then we'll wait on your cheeseburger. We'll wait on the cheeseburger one. We'll wait on your burger hacking. Yeah. So what we talked about was, you know, in this, in this interview going through, uh, we'll see how many we get to, but your top favorite life hacks. And I thought, you know, since this is a show about mental health, one of the things I do with clients and what we work on and the lens in which I view mental health, right, is through different dimensions. Right. So there's something I do with clients. Um, sometimes you'll see it known as like the balance wheel. And it's just these different dimensions of your life. And I'll ask clients, okay, well, how happy are you in each of these areas? Um, now, someone who's in a better place may have a, a wheel that looks a little more balanced, right? Where the, in which dimension is most highly weighted. Um, for example, their physical health. Um, exercise health right as far as like just moving your body it's part of physical health but what do you do for fun a creative outlet um your relationships spirituality a sense of purpose your work your professional life what you put in your body what you consume what you eat um even your relationship to substances right these are some of the things that we look with even on my first session so i thought that would be cool as if, we, as if we go through maybe each of these areas, you could share a hack and along the way we could learn more about you and what you do and how folks who are listening here could benefit from what you have to share. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds awesome. Awesome. I can't, I can't wait to share all of, uh, all of, all of my knowledge. Yeah. I can't wait to hear some of these too. I'm excited. All right. I like that format. Yeah. We'll start with life hack number one, and that will be just a life hack representing where you're at right now, just to introduce the audience, who you are and what you do. A life hack that I have right now. Okay. So I, this is one that I, that I have had, um, throughout my life, but I utilize it now and it is a system and I call it the box system. And I implement it, um, for a lot of people that I, um, organize for. We all have different areas of our life that we, that we focus on and they change throughout our life. So right now, um, I, you know, I've got, I've got multiple areas and when it comes to paperwork or, or anything that relates to those specific areas, I have, um, a box and depending on what those are, it could be just a box for paperwork or, um, a, a box for art supplies or, or whatever, but. Um, I keep that general filing system in place. So I'm not on a rampage looking through an entire pile of stuff to find a form that's, you know, that only applies to work I'm doing with Amazon or whatever. So, um, and, and I'm, I'm doing a project with a client right now and, and she has three main areas of focus. She has her main job and she's on two boards and she struggles with, um, the uh, confusion in, the, in those three things in the paperwork. So 
I'm, I'm teaching her to keep those three areas separate and filed separately. And then when you need to, to go for the information, there's less of it to go. And that's helped me throughout my life in multiple different situations and different things I'm doing, whether it was school and work or, um, you know, work and, and leisure stuff, or, you know, I, I sing right now, I'm in a choir, so I keep all of my music in one spot. And that's, I love that. that system. So you have like a box for each one. Right. Yeah. And where do you keep the box? Is it by your desk or how does that look? Yeah, I mean, if it's different, you know, it depends on on what's happening, right? So if it's, um, you know, if it's office related or or paperwork heavy, it, w- it would be near the desk. Um, and uh, you know, to piggyback on this, well, actually, I'll wait. I'll wait before I share the next tip. <laughs> it does relate to this one a little bit. Okay. Cool. It might be my So, who are you then? What are you? What's the, what's the summary, the quick summary of uh, who you are, what you do right now? I'm an organizing coach for a startup app, Cadre. It's a health and wellness app that you are aware of. And uh, I am an influencer, uh, an organization and storage influencer for Amazon. And I um, post creative content to um to bring my favorite organizing products uh to light for for people that are interested so i do that for amazon i uh i'm a home home cook slash chef and i teach an instant pot cooking class for the senior citizens in my town at the senior center it's this brand new multi-million dollar complex that they just finished uh, last spring, and um, they allowed me the honor to to begin organizing their commercial kitchen, so I can film products in there and and do my cooking classes. Uh, I create content on TikTok and and Facebook and Instagram, and uh, yeah, I, I I you know if if you could combine three. Uh, you know, mix an organizer with uh, a cook and a coach, and uh, that's what you get with me. So, so that's a lot of boxes, huh? <laughs> Keeps me scrambling for sure. That is a lot of boxes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even even uh, digitally, there are there's organized keep keep together there too. So that's awesome. So, uh, all right. So, life hack number two. This will represent how you got here. So who were you in your past life and how did this come about? I would say this is all about passion. Um, I did a lot of work, a lot of core, I call it core work, um, in purpose, in our life purpose. And um, I've done that on and off. I've always had a desire to be better, to learn, and um, and in that, I really focused it on what I was passionate about, and uh, some of that was organic that that I I knew uh, from childhood, and um, 
some of it was things I was passionate about, you know, say in high school, but but hadn't, uh, you know, have had hadn't taken part in currently. So yeah, I'd, I'd say, um, you know, I do this workshop, and and one one of the sections is is this. It's it's concentrating on our our purpose and our passions and a lot of people get to the point in life where they um they've forgotten what they're even passionate about they maybe they get busy and they concentrate on a lot of other people other than themselves or they lose their they lose you know their fun in their work but um one of the the best tips or tricks that i have is in in this in this area is to think about what you were most passionate about when you were when you were a kid um it really helps spark a lot of those forgotten forgotten passions that uh you know were so creative as children so um taking a trip back and, and remembering some of that stuff can really help people out in in doing what they love to do now, which is what I'm doing now. I'm doing everything I love to do. So that's, that, that's a, kind of a really long <laughs> answer to a tip and trick. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess it is, you know, it was a lot of buildup, but then it's, you know, essentially, yeah. you know, if you're feeling lost or something, you know, look, thinking back to as a kid and what you loved and using that to, you know, so connecting with your inner child in a way, all right, so right. for me, as a kid, I really liked wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I really liked pro. Yeah. So then the question is, how do I? What about that? How do I use that? So let's say I to, let's say I told you that you're working with me, and I'm yeah. lost, and I'm, I don't know. I loved going to the blockbuster, and I was never someone who like cause I don't I didn't even have cable TV. I didn't even know how it worked. But I just like going to Blockbuster and renting, you know, the pay-per-views. I just thought that's kind of what wrestling was for a while. I didn't realize it was like on every week or anything. But um, yeah, I don't know what. What do I do with that? So, um, have you ever been to see? Mm -hmm. The you know wrestling match. So yeah, I went to some events. As a yeah, and when was the last time you did? Oh my god, I have no. I mean, I, I was I was probably about. 14 or something i want to say buddies when it came in town to a w yeah i would say go again go again yeah. like just yeah and then you know if you love it all right you'll love it now and even if you don't you know all right well you know you would you don't love it now but what i think things like that do is they they tend to spark other memories or other uh, you know, other memories of other things that you did around that time when you were into that, you know, who knows, but, um, oh my gosh, I think it'd be great just to hear what you said after you went, I have some friends that are really into it and they go, oh no, that's the, um, the demolition derby cars or those big tire, the cars that roll over. Yeah. Monster. Monster. <laughs> I went to some of those too. I don't say I was passionate. Yeah, yeah. Those are fun shows. But yeah, I like to encourage people to to just you know revisit that stuff. And if it sounds good, I mean, if it's completely off track, well, you know, no, I I never yeah. thought about it, but that I I would totally do that. And one of something really funny is 
like I, I didn't know where I don't know where it was and maybe it was from like TikTok right they started I started seeing some WWE videos you know particularly talking about like the 90s golden era and then the attitude area era of the 2000s so I get these videos and then TikTok realized I was like enjoying them so honestly yeah. half of my FYP is just old like it's just content about like Stone Cold Steve Austin and the unders it's so, like I just consume so I, like now I know like more about it than ever <laughs> no what I don't go back and watch it you know I haven't watched it since like the early 2000 like followed it to any degree even so it's just kind of funny now just like a lot of the TikTok I consume is just like old wrestling stuff or on fa and like on Facebook picked up on it too so I just get all sorts of random stuff thrown at me about wrestling <laughs> I love it. I love it. What else? What else can you remember from from when you were younger that that you uh, that you were passionate about then, but but don't do now? It was like I'd forgotten about. It's a good question. I mean, I think I think as a kid, sounding starting to sound like a therapy session, but as a kid, I didn't really have a ton of interests, really. Um, I was kind of, I was a little lost, you know, like I kind of liked a little bit of everything. And I mean, I think there's some things looking back that I really would have enjoyed, but I never fully pursued, like I started to, but I kind of withdrew from it, you know, like something like martial arts. So like a lot of these, like a lot of these things that I should have done as a kid that I was interested in, I ended up like going back and kind of doing later once I got sober, um, because like in, you know, then I went into like an addiction. I think that filled this void of missing a piece. Yeah. So like going back, like I probably should have been on the wrestling team, right? I probably should have um, done some kind of martial art, right? And then also like acting, like I like that would be something I probably would have been interested in, and um, creating, writing, all those kind of things. Um, and now, obviously, much later on, I get to do that just through my own platform and TikTok and the writing I do um, for videos. So I guess it's a long way of saying, I, yeah, I didn't really find it, you know, as a kid. Right, right. Well, you know, it's interesting, just, just the things that you mentioned would be... Um, would be worth taking a peek at. Yeah, and that's you know that's kind of what I'm doing, um, and I think with the wrestling thing, things, love that brainstorming process too. Yeah, with you know with like the wrestling, if I think about it, right, it's about entertainment, right? It's about showmanship. I just like, you know, I like the characters, you know, the right. there's these grandiose seven foot tall, <laughs> you know, like I just like binge on like Andre the Giant stories of him. Ooh drinking two cases of beer in an hour and a half without even feeling buzzed and, you know, him farting for 60 seconds for clearing rooms and, you know. No wonder why you loved it so much. Yeah, just, I just like the stories, yeah. It's hilarious, yes. It's extremely entertaining, for sure. So, well, I mean, just, you know, get it, don't lose the passion and, and, uh, yeah, it was. It's odd how how we took kind of a turn at at, at um, you know a whole different area, but I think it's a really important area to look at. Um, 
you know, as a coach, as an organizing coach, uh, what one of the and I, one of the things the general ideas in in organizing that this really does apply to is people hold on to items that they don't really need anymore. Like I'm never gonna downhill ski and knees can't take it, uh, but I loved it, right? So um, I got rid of my skis, and a lot of people are holding on to you know golf clubs or bowling balls or you know. Uh, items that do not serve them anymore and, and no longer will. We call that shedding. And uh, so that's that's something that I I would uh, also add here in addition to our finding your passion is, you know, in, in finding your passion, also look at the things that you're not doing anymore that, um, that you have co collected items for that are now just eating up space. That's an, yeah, I don't know why I didn't think about this before, but have you worked with hoarders? I have, yes. It's That's extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. It's really difficult, and it, it's uh, it's challenging. It's very challenging. Um, it takes so many people to, to really, um, a couple clients that I have now, that will call every now and then, you know, it's the indication that they're feeling that urge to do something again. And then, you know, through whatever process, the brakes, the brakes get put on. But, um, I'd say, uh, you know, I did have success with about four or five different hoarding cases and every single one of them, I maintained a, um, a maintenance program with them. It's incredible it, because I don't think there's really good success rates i mean those are like really extreme cases like that's incredible yeah right and uh i think i think the odd uh, you know it's just like uh you know with anything else with with changing your diet or implementing exercise if you really want to do that it's about the long haul you know it's about upkeep and and accountability and 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 all that stuff i think it all plays a big part in and making that happen. Uh, and it's such an overwhelming process for hoarders. It just, there's so much, so many layers. How did they find you? Like, how did you get these hoarding cases? Um, just, you know, through the, the regular uh, channels of contact they'd see. Uh, initially, I think at the very beginning, I probably was, I think I had... Um, ads on Craig, Craigslist um, and would run local ads. And then um, it wasn't long before it was just word of mouth. And um, and clients would just come to me organically. Um, and then, and I guess the last 10 or 15 years of it, it's been influenced so much by social media and all of that. But For sure. Um, yeah, because with hoarding, I mean, there's always this emotional component to it, right? And letting go of the past so often, my understanding is there is trauma. It is such an extreme behavior. I mean, people living in these just horrific circumstances that others from the outside would just, you know, makes your skin crawl, you know, send shivers down, you know, watching that show and, you know, how hazardous it is. I mean, there's something under that. Um, oh, absolutely. That it's, you know, just even from watching that show and from my understanding of 
psychology, there's you can't just go in there and organize stuff and throw stuff away, right? Because you could do that, but then there's it's just going to come back, right? If you don't yep. deal with the underlying issues, right? How do you what what is what's your strategy there when you're working with these clients to get under the hood a bit and do the deeper work? Really, you know, until you get under the hood, the project shouldn't really start. You know, I mean, there's there's speed bumps along the way always. You know, there's uh, there's clear indicators that, that it might be time to pause or have different conversations that may be difficult. But I think really identifying, you know, locking into what traumatic situations um, did transpire that played a part in the behavior. It's so important to identify that. And it's not, it doesn't do any good to identify it halfway through or at the end, you know, it's, um, it's, it's the, in that first step is I think the most difficult one. A lot of times people will, will reach out for help, but they don't, they don't have a clear understanding of what the process really is. And, um, they tend to downplay, uh, they get scared. It is literal paralysis. I mean, they're just paralyzed in their, in their um, behavior and their environment, and it's a major, major thing to literally dig out of. Uh, so yeah, I would just do my best, really, to try to encourage um, some some awareness around the uh, situation, and you know, in that, you know, uh, therapy is, is I. Is always recommended, and um, you know that's that's something too. You know, you, I can help somebody with a hoarding situation, but I'm not a therapist, and um, I can and can and do refer clients to um, to get get uh, additional professional help. Um, so that's what I meant. Really, at the very beginning, it's such a huge like team effort. You know, uh, to, to succeed. You know, there there a good therapist and um, a really good um, action team that's that's doing a lot of the physical work and then the organizer kind of coordinating kind of like a project manager in between the the therapy and, and the actual the grunt work so yeah I, I think the first step is really kind of tapping into to to what happened like tell me about when the house wasn't mm wasn't like this what war does it look that's awesome that's incredible that you've had so much success doing that i mean i know it's just it's like a form of obsessive compulsive disorder and ocd right. i say there's it's a very sticky disorder right it is very intense it is very hard to break some of those heads very compulsive and it's it's very hard to break so that's that's super cool so how shifting a little bit I'm assuming you didn't, you know, turn 21 or graduate from college or something and then just hop into being Dan the Organizer Man. How, who were you in your past life? How did, and then how did this happen? And uh, give me a, a, an associated life hack, life hack number three. <laughs> okay, I got you. All right, I'm up for the task. So, you know, I have, and according to uh, my baby book, my mom has written my baby book. It's actually a little. Excerpt. My aunts and and uncles and uh, 
everybody can verify that as a young kid, two and above, I was extremely organized. I was always keeping my things tidy and keeping everybody else's stuff tidy too. I clean up my brother's stuff too. Uh, You're a natural. I was a natural. But, you know, looking back, and and I was extremely, extremely troubled uh, as a adolescent. A lot of different things going on. And um, looking back, as I, I had entered therapy in my adolescence, uh, the organization started to make sense. I realized that the environment that I grew up in was really chaotic and it was unpredictable. And um, I could see how organization was my way of um, managing the situation the best I could. And as long as my room was in order and my things were uh, looking good and, and, and where I could find them, it was one part of my life that I could control and have, um, and have some influence on one thing I could count on. Um, also just being anxious and, uh, really anxious as a youngster, I had to develop systems that would, um, would help me find items or make sure I didn't lose them or um, uh, because it would always cause so much anxiety. You know, if I was, if I was holding up the crowd or, you know, if um, I, I, I never wanted to make waves. So I wanted to make sure, you know, the best that I could, that my stuff was in order. So I wasn't the one, you know, getting yelled at for, uh, for keeping, keeping everybody held up. So anyway, as I, as I, uh, grew older, it just became a way that, that I, I just think that way. I just think organized. I, uh, when, you know, I'll sit in a, in a room and, and scan the room and, and just think about oh, I, that here, or, oh, I'd take that out of here. Or, you know, I'm constantly in this, <laughs> in this internal dialogue where, uh, I, I'm creating, you know, different spaces where I am. Uh, but organization, no matter what my career was in life, really served me very well. And um, I ended up making a business out of it. I didn't end up full-time on the organization uh, path. And actually, it is just a part of what I do now still. But um, I really dove into it um, during covid and uh, so many of us. Yeah, it really started developing a brand and, uh, you know, honing in on on the information I really wanted to, to convey to people. So what did you do before? What was your past life? Well, I had um, a, in men, tons of experience in the hospitality industry. My grandpa was the president of the American Restaurant Association, and he, until about the year I was born, uh, and so we, uh, I was in restaurants all the time. And, um, I also worked in restaurants when I was of age. And, uh, so I had tons of experience in, in hospitality. Um, I, uh, was in the airline industry for 15 years and trained service for one of the major, major airlines. And, uh, I also was not only into diving into myself, but helping other people because I had 
basically transformed my life um, and uh, and really changed my entire focus and and turned my life around you know with the help of other people it was so important for me uh, it was just one of my passions to do that um, for others it just it was uh, something that I was so moved to do I just couldn't not do it so so um, yeah eventually coaching and organization uh, came together I've always been been passionate about food and cooking and uh, mm-hmm. so um, and kitchen organization has always been my favorite thing to do as far as organization goes yeah but you know when I blended everything together it happened organically and I really you know there was a time where I thought, oh, I want to do every, you know, I want to do all of this, but it just doesn't make sense. I didn't, I couldn't see how, I mean, I always knew being organized affects the way we, we think and feel and show up in the world. I knew that for sure, but I couldn't see how it was a career, you know, like, um, but it just kind of, and food, you know, the three pieces, but it, it really organically fell together. And, and, um, I've just found myself in a sweet spot and really, it's such a gift because it's so late in life. I mean, I'm 60 years old and just one year into a whole new career path that I'll be able to do forever. I mean, I can, I can, I can sustain this, uh, this passion and this work for, you know, as long as I'm alive. How much, just really, how much different really living, you know, having a job like this that you're passionate about. I never, I never feel like I work at all. I feel like, um, every day is Friday at five. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's so fun. You know, some days are a drag, you know, I'm not saying that I don't have my, the same life challenges and struggles and worries and all that still happens, but boy, is it different when you, when you are living your sole purpose and you can really feel it um it's man it's something i i always heard people talk about like and i love what i do and you know love what you do and you never work a day in your life all that stuff and that um i really can feel it now i i I know that to be true from experience it really is it really is fun no yeah that's it's not it's rare to be able to find something like that, you know, and I feel like I have in many ways, you know, there's always going to be things even in, and I'm not, I don't know, like a full-time influencer at this point, but you know, so much of what I do relates and I, I don't know if I really want to be, you know, I don't know if I want to give up therapy or managing my practice or building my housing pro, you know, it's like, I don't want to give that up because I do enjoy that too, but I, all of it blended together, right? Having those many boxes, like I could really relate with that. I've always, people just know me as that person that has all these different boxes and right. it's just kind of bizarre. <laughs> you know, I just live like a very, the way my life is set up is just very bizarre and no one understands it. And I don't, I really, so people are like, wait, what do you do? I'm like, I, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> like, I do like kind of this, this, and then this, and then what, how, and I, I don't know. Which brings that's fantastic. Which is another topic that I'm gonna ask you about in a, in a little bit, but which which would be uh, ADHD and um, oh yeah, 
and uh, I'm assuming you've come across uh, absolutely some of us for sure. <laughs> but uh, so, what would be because we we hit on that? What would be a work? And we're talking about work and vocation. What's a good work? Another good work hack. work hack i think so many people do so many different things so it's you know it's hard like right away i think okay you know something for the desk or something for the office but really work means so many different things to so many different people so to people that never leave their house to work or to go to work i would say um time management would be really really important that would be uh, treat your job like it is going somewhere to work and block out certain times of the day where you're focused on work and not on interruptions. Uh, it helps in many ways. It helps with productivity and it also helps with a sense of completion at the end of the day where you really know you set some guidelines that you completed those guidelines and, and it gives you a sense of accomplishment. Uh, it also gives you something to measure, you know, your, your dedication or your success buy now if you work outside of the house i love this tip and it's one of my favorites just throw a bag or a box or a laundry basket something that you you know you can carry to the car or that the point is you want to have something by the door that collects items that you need for the next day as you think about them the night before and it's so it's such a relief in the morning to know that you know you already thought about the day you have everything you need at the door and so you're not scrambling around the house looking for keys or your wallet or your whatever else. If it's going to rain, you got an umbrella in there. Or if, you know, it's cold, you got the right layering. Or, you know, if you're going to a meeting, you have what you need. Uh, doing a little bit of prep the night before is so um, great for anxiety. That's yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, that is true. And... Yeah, if you are able to get those things prepared, you just you feel better. And yeah. anything about that, and, and I'm sure this is so much of what you do. This is not just about organizing. You know, it's like having your space, your things, uh, what's organized in the physical realm also affects your mental organization, right? There's yeah. this connection with how we, because everything is a concept, right? This table everything around me is a concept but it also lives in a place in my mind of what i understand this cup to be what right so that it all lives in different places and serves different purposes right so if we can organize the outside it sounds like that also helps with the inside and would reduce that anxiety of knowing where things are knowing, right. knowing that in the morning i have just a little bit more time because while i had a little bit of energy left over motivation i was able to prepare yes indeed um yeah preparation is gold especially for adhd and um you know that feeling like you're you're scrambling it's it can be boiled down into the simplest example which is um say you can't find your keys right and you're you're getting ready to go out the door but you can't find your keys and you haven't really, you know, you're just right on time. So you know you're going to be late already and you're anxious and you're now you're really anxious because you really can't find your keys. And so you finally do find them. 
because, um, you know, you had to look so long because you didn't put them on the hook or you didn't put them, you know, where you knew they would be. And so now you're going out into the world carrying all that anxiety and that frustration. And a lot of times the smallest things you encounter out in the world are just going to continue to fuel that because you haven't had time to really kind of relax into the day or feel any sense of calm. You know, you started out before you even left that house on a rampage. And, and uh, I like to use that example. It's like the smallest things can set us off and anything we can do the night before to prepare for a day. I mean, I encourage it a hundred. It's just, uh, it's so valuable. Yeah, that makes, that makes so much sense. Because it's like when you leave the house, right? If you, 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 or if you're running late, right? But like you said, with time management, I mean, I can think of so many times where you're like trying to drive somewhere, you're late, it's something important, and you're driving really fast. And you're just trying to get to this place faster and you're just and then you get upset at everything and this guy's driving too slow and you're putting yourself probably at like physical harm risk and risk of getting right. road rage yeah and it's just like it's just such a horrible feeling to be behind right so it's like that's a very tangible example about how being more organized can really make a difference in your mental health and i think especially for folks with adhd like when i describe this to people i'm like you know, folks with ADHD are just like everyone else, just more so. It's just more extreme, right? Everyone's That's cool with some of these things. But with us, it's like we lose, you know, misplacing things. I mean, it just, I think for folks with ADHD, it's like life is like a constant battle on these little things. Like every day your life revi revolves around kind of battling some of these death. Exhausting. Yeah. Very exhausting. Yeah. Um, here's, a, here's a funny example. I was... I think with ADHD, it's a very funny disorder and people like, you know, get a little weirded out when I talk about certain mental health disorders being funny and others are just not funny. Like depression is just like not very funny, but there's some, I mean, there's some certain things like, oh, okay, I'm eating like fruit loops at like 11 AM when I just woke up. I mean, I guess there's something a little funny, but like the ADHD, just like, there's just a lot of goofy stuff that happens with it. Right. Like for example, um, so the other day, my friend, she buys me this very nice bottle of hot sauce. You know, the truff, you know, that, that truff, truff, right? A very right. beautiful bottle. So I go, I get this chicken wrap. I go home and I'm ready to eat this. I'm in my hotel room at the time. It's like last week. I opened the bus. It's a very nice top. It's like this like geometric, like 10-sided, beautiful black top. I go, I put the hot sauce on. I eat this wrap. Then I go to put the top back on. I can't find the top. I mean, because I, I was sitting at the desk. I took the top off. I put the top down. And I went insane. I could not. I mean, I, literally all I did, I could not find it. And it drove me crazy. Like, I when I dug through that, like, maybe I threw it in the garbage. I dug through the garbage. So now here, I got the bridge right here. So here's how I have my hot sauce now. This is the top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You never found it. I never found the top. It's driving me insane. So literally, then I had to move. So literally, I just have a paper towel, like just dragging yeah. paper towel over it. So it's not <laughs> And that doesn't... Hey, I, I wanted to know. I've always wanted to know how that hot sauce is. Is it good? It is good. It, it's very good. The only thing I don't like about it is too sweet. 
I don't really like sweet. You know, like sriracha is like a little sweet. That's fine. Yeah, it's a it's delicious. It's just a little too sweet for me. Yeah, I, I still like it. If it was more a little vinegary and uh, less, right. yeah, I would, was, I would l- absolutely love it. But yeah, I went to like a seven. Oh yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not hot sauce. Otherwise, oh sorry, girl. yeah, that's not that. I'm just saying, I'm a huge hot sauce. What's your, favorite? What's your favorite? You know, there's this really good hot sauce. Not many people know about it. It was made in the town I grew up in originally, and it's marketed now, but it's called Clancy's Fancy Hot Sauce. And uh, that's just an old, like, whenever you see it, it's kind of, um, I don't know, it just brings me back. Um, But I think the one I used the most God, I can't think of the name of it. It's at the grocery store, and it's next to Pete, you know, and and all the others. But it's a uh, uh, hot a habanero hot hot sauce. Habanero one, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love them. Yeah, you got to have like a good collection, you know, for different serve different purposes. Like I got kind of like an all purpose. Like I like like the old school Crystal Louisiana hot sauce. Right. Yeah. Right. Or the New Orleans any restaurant you go to. Right. Yeah. It's like thirty cents for a huge bottle. It's so cheap too. It's so cheap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes I'll get those massive bottles. I, I also probably like one of the ones I probably use the most is like Tapatio. Uh, oh yeah. Mexican. I right. We really like Tapatio because like every morning I eat like eggs and beans and. And I throw that top of Tio on there. It's probably one that go to the most. I'll buy sometimes. I'll buy those. I'll go to the Mexican grocery store, buy a massive bottle, and then you have to have like I'll have the small regular bottle, and then that's a lot with the massive bottle. That's a little hack. So you, you, you save, save a little, save a little bit of money. Yeah, no doubt. Money thing. So now I'm, you know, I'm in Australia, and one of the reasons I'm here is my brother just had a baby, and his wife's Peruvian, right? So now my nephew. Um, I'm officially a Tio. Okay. So, you know, uncle in Spanish. Right. Right. So, so now my nickname is Tapa Tio. <laughs> That's adorable. The spite the uncle, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's great you were there to be for that. Yeah. We're, that was su- super cool. But yeah. I mean, you and I definitely have that love too, clearly for food. You know, I'm also like a. Uh-huh. And uh, so it's always fun to share little tips and tricks. And I think one of the first videos I ever saw you were cooking. Yeah, yeah, on the Cadre app. So yeah, yeah, folks right. On. And then some people have listened to probably her because I've had you know like Doctor Everett on on our last show. I had Carrie, Doctor Carrie on. Um. So so some people here who listen are, are familiar with Cadre, but yeah. So Dan and I, that's how we met as well. See my last. It- and my last three, three out of four, y'all have been cadre folks, which has been cool. great. But um, yeah, so making videos on that app, and yeah, so I do make my cooking videos, and some of my followers on TikTok and stuff, I do post. Like I've done a couple of videos like with cooking, um, or I'll just sometimes post them as like stories and, and things like that. But yeah, so why don't we talk? Yeah, why don't we talk about that? Like health, nutrition. I mean, because you have a passion for food and cooking and nutrition and and so if you could share a life hack for that and talk about why that's important 
Oh my goodness. Kitchen, kitchen hacks are, I mean, they're just, there's so many and I have probably 40,000 favorites. That's why people have to follow you after. So we're going to give them like 15 here. And then, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's talk kitchen. There's so many, but, um, I would say this is probably one of my most popular. And there's actually a product that was developed to help with this, this same hack. But, um, and, um, so the hack is freezing your leftovers in muffin pans. Um, so say you make, um, a pot roast dinner and you've got pot roast that you've got mashed potatoes and veggies and, um, and instead of throwing them all in a container and throwing them in the fridge, uh, make muffin cups. And I, I like to use the uh, silicone ones. So these pop out really quick, but yeah, fill, fill each little section with the potatoes or the veggies or the pot roast, not mixing them, you know, but keep freeze them all separate. And then, um, we call them food bombs. And so you pull, you pull them out when they're frozen, you pop them out of the muffin pan and you put them in Ziploc bags or, you know, whatever container you prefer for the freezer and mark them. And that way, when you want to, when you're really busy, but you still want a good meal, you know, you can pull out a mashed potato one and a pot roast one, and you could do like a curry sauce from the week before, or, and you can literally build your own meal out of these muffin portion frozen food pucks. <laughs> it's so, so cool. Okay. So, so you put it in the muffin first. And then you take it out right away, then freeze it in the bag. So it just shapes it or you freeze it in the muffin pan. You freeze it in the muffin pan. Yeah. You fill the muffin pan up with your leftovers and you throw it in the freezer. And once they're frozen and set, you pull them out and pop them out of the muffin pan and put them in a Ziploc. And you collect, you know, say you got a bag, you know, we have a bag of, of, and you know, I have hooked just for this purpose and, and the product I'll tell you about in a minute, um, was designed for this too but you know if you cook a big batch of mashed potatoes and you're only going to have a serving you can pull out these silicone muffin pans fill the whole thing up with mashed potatoes throw it in the freezer when it's done pull it out and pop those out and put them in a ziploc put them back in the freezer mark so that when you come home and you want mashed potatoes to go with anything you just reach for a frozen puck throw it in the microwave and you're good to go yeah i've got a video on this um it's not as complicated as it sounds. It's really just. Oh, it does sound easy. You know what? By dividing your food up and, and uh, freezing it. So, yeah, it's a great way for kids to get what they want if they're picky. Um, say one of them likes mashed potatoes, but the other one won't eat them. They like rice. You've got you've got everybody covered. You throw everybody's little puck in a bowl and microwave them, and everybody's happy. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, so, Super Cubes is the product, and they're great. And, um, they, uh, they're designed for this. You fill them with food. They come with lids. Um, they're sturdy so they don't wobble around and, and they hold your food in the freezer while it, while it freezes up. And then, uh, you pull them out and pop them out. They're silicone. So they're the, the food pops right out. And then you've got, uh, you know, you've got frozen lasagna ready to go or, or, uh, a casserole in the freezer ready to go. You just pull it out and put it in the, the proper serving pan that it's uh, shaped like. 
So it's, it's just a great tip for people that want to focus on um, better health, cooking at home, money saving, time saving, and, and it's a way to uh, to either cook in bulk and, and, and have stuff ready in the freezer at a grab or utilize your leftovers and saving money that way. That's, that's awesome. I think that, you know, as someone who is big into food, I, th I think for like a long time, I don't know if it was like maybe like decades where the freezer became kind of like a dirty word, you know, where it's like, you don't want to freeze anything cause you're ruining it. But then you kind of realize later that, wait, this is actually one of the best ways to preserve the freshness of something and that you could also restore it back. I mean, not everything like when I've right. tried freeze spinach it always tastes weird after like it just never really tastes the same but like for example like last night i ate pizza and my first thought was i'll put it in the fridge but i'm like i doubt i'm going to eat it if, unless i eat it tomorrow it's probably not going to be that good however if i take the pizza that i got that night i throw it in the freezer it'll be good for weeks or more you know i could go back and eat it and it's going to it's going to taste fresh i'll be able to put it in the oven not in the microwave and get it back to it's like kind of crispy form and it'll be much better. But I think we kind of got away from that too long and demonized the freezer. Right. I just uh, was reading some stuff about um, the, the, the uh, pull back to canned and frozen produce. It's um, like you said, it was villainized almost. And um, really the deal, the way that stuff is processed now, especially frozen food, it's, flash frozen right after they pick it it's at the peak uh, for freshness and and vitamins and minerals and whatever benefits you're going to offer uh, it's more nutritious to buy frozen than it is really to buy um off the shelf a lot of times um so yeah i i, I really encourage the process you can do freeze uh freeze ahead meals bag meals for the for the uh, instant pot or the slow cooker. And yeah, there's, a, there's all sorts of great shortcuts for the freezer. But like you said, it's not for everything. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure you see too for clients, you know, that nutrition piece, just like I see in these dimensions of happiness we're going through that, you know, what you put in your body is important. So I hear and mm -hmm. that's affect how you feel and your overall physical health. Um, and right. I found that too, you know, I, I brush up on all these things. Let's say I have a client who's like eating out all the time. They're not, you know, as healthy as maybe they could want to be. It's still my job as a therapist to address some of these issues, even though I'm not a nutritionist per se, but these are some of the hacks that I give them as well, as far as making behavioral changes. And I'm all about that's why it's cool to hear some of these because I, like my job is to help people make behavioral changes which is extremely hard, like making any change is extreme. And I tell folks, I'm like, there's nothing I could do to make this change easy. And anyone who does tell you that is full of it, right? That's where all these like get, you know, do this quick or blah, blah, blah. doesn't work. Yeah. I'm like, if you do these hacks, if you do these little tricks, if you set up your change in this way, it's going to be as le least painful as possible. And you'll be able to get into that place where you're the hardest part of change is the actual process of going from a to be but then eventually once you get to be it it isn't always that daunting it becomes a new habit a new routine and then it's hard to even get out of your new routine if you really have done it correctly so that's why i think these are 
really cool. And then with nutrition ones as well, like just the art of, you know, there's, there's some people that are like obsessed with Tupperware, you know, <laughs> Tupperware fetish people. But, you know, those are, those are like your people, I assume. <laughs> those are people. I've... Well, I do, I do have one thing that I see at every organization product is food storage hoarding, you know, food storage container hoarding. Uh, but there is also this outrage right now with the P word, you know, plastic. It's very, it's a real hot spot with a lot of people with the, uh, the VPA and, the, yeah. the uh, uh, so, you know, it's anytime I, I post a tip or, or, a you know, a trick that, that has anything to do with plastic, there's, <laughs> it gets a lot of comments. <laughs> yeah because well, hey, there there is that out there so like for example when you're like oh yeah i freeze you know when you know it's because usually it's like heating and freezing you know oh like okay if you freeze this in the muffin pan is that going to be an issue with things leaching or so is that like how much of that is, as far as you know like is a myth like is it really bad to microwave your thing in plastic like is that you know because so many of these things in nutrition especially i find that nutrition signs is extremely unreliable and maybe not even just the science it's about how it's interpreted and some of the letters that get started kind of like like i like as far as like milk substitutes like i still really like soy milk right but then that got like a bad rap where it's like you're gonna like grow breasts as a man your estrogen levels are gonna and i'm like afraid but then you realize you look at the research it's like yeah you would have to drink just insane amounts to even have that effect Right, right. You know, so yeah, and there's you know, some stores don't even sell it now because no one buys it. But I, I really think it's the best milk substitute as far as taste goes. Right. I mean, you know, there's there's definitely worse things you could be doing for your body. So I I always encourage people to follow their gut. Right. If you if it works for you, then you need to do that for yourself. But you know, I caution people at at um, exerting their beliefs on others, and you know, you you. What you said is so true that the, the industry, the food industry, I mean, you know, butter's good. Nope, margarine's better. Nope, butter's better. Nope, margarine's I mean, literally, yeah. there was a thing yeah. like, that went on like that for years. And um, so, you know, maybe plastic is hidden. And maybe, you know, it's, and, and I'm sure, you know, there are, are there are better things to use. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I think in general, just, just allowing people to to practice what they what they feel and what they believe in, and, and you know, letting letting other people do what they believe in is is fine. Now, you know, unless there's some world kind of neglect going on, or they're you know, know. drinking uh, olive oil. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I uh, I heat food in plastic deli containers all the time, and and I'm going to continue. But I also the cheap one. I, I do if it's like a really flimsy cheap one, you know, right? And like, I feel like if you heat it and it starts to smell bad, then that's like, fine. yeah. And the OPA, you know, hey, you know, people should be focusing on that if they can. You know, using the BPA, the the product that I endorse, that I that I promote, um, it, it, it is uh, BPA three and and um. Uh, they're just like the deli containers that you use uh, that you see on, on the deli counter. You know, I'm sure they vary from place to place, but this is they're that size, 
the limit sets everything. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the Tupper, the Tupper, where thing. I mean, when you think about that, we've been people my in my generation. We grew up on Tupperware. We've been eating out of plastic our whole life. <laughs> yeah. Well, in so many things, we'll, we'll find out later. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's only if you do it like eight times a day for every right. Day. Like, well, you know, the, we need some context on this, and you know, because what happens, and I caution a lot of people on this too, is re, you know, it, research comes out. And then we misinterpret it and someone puts it for clicks. They put in a headline of this is bad. Everything you, and I always love this one. Everything we knew about blank is wrong. It's like, no, probably not. You know, like it's not like we just came up with that shit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, and you see that with diet where it's like, we went this like big thing, this big shift of like, Hey, maybe if you want to avoid heart attacks, you shouldn't eat, you know, a lot of saturated fats and this, that, and that. And then it went to, no, actually, it's carbs. And then you go back and it turns out, like, no, still, if you eat a lot of saturated fat, like, you have an increased risk. It's not just this, like, weird magic thing of, well, if you eat, um, you know, a lot of, you know, if you eat, like, certain carbs and you're not, I, I don't know, it's just, like, it becomes this weird, like, bro science. And then then you just go back to, like, the bait. I mean, a lot of times it is wrong and our, and our, our views change on it, but... I don't know. That's one. It's like I feel like you have to be so careful with, and I just kind of throw my hands up half the time and just say, because I, I, I guess, I, I mean, I, I understand the sentiment of like you have to do like what you feel is right, but sometimes like I don't know, you probably shouldn't do what you feel is right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I was just talking specifically in relationship to plastic. Yeah. <laughs> no, but even now, like you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, we do what we feel like I feel you know, it's like you want to do what you're comfortable with, but like, but like first do some like research, research, right? Right. You know, I'm just, yeah, but yeah, too, but then we do it with a bias and we just end up confirming our own bias anyway, you know? So just like keep an open mind and don't, you know, if I go in thinking like, oh, the big plastic industry and there's a conspiracy while well, I'm going to find any research that absolutely we talk about information bias all the time and now same time if that's what you believe in yeah don't do the plastic and you're probably not gonna be fine you know you could be right and that's just i don't know that's just a whole nother topic we get into right right on the bias and following science and with all this covid it just it's (laughs) i don't know it's it's very interesting but no that's that's awesome um okay so you know we do this nutrition thing for our physical health well what a are there any hacks that you have just for our general, not just nutrition, but like overall wellness, you know, anything as far as like going to the doctor or remember, Oh, how about like our Medicaid, remembering to take our medications or, uh, just things that promote our physical health. Do you have a, a hack for that one? Oh, wow. There are so many different products, you know, that have been come to mind when I think about, when I think about that with health, um, uh, you know, I guess this came to mind right now. I guess I'm going to go for it. I would utilize the app on your phone, like Apple has the health app. And uh, I'm not an Android user, but I'm sure Android has an equivalent. But um, and, and there are so many different um, apps. Uh, so in that, can I, yeah, I want to do a two-parter here. Sure. I would utilize utilize apps, you know. But also, I want to go back 
to the passion and what you like. I think a lot of times when people hear health or wellness, they get, you know, they start to panic already thinking they're going to tell me I can't have this or I can't have that, or I'm going to have to change this. Or uh, people get a little, um, maybe anxious when they, when somebody approaches them with starting on a path of better health and wellness. But really I hear more often than not that the thing to focus on is to do the things that you like, right? So exercising is something you're going to do and you really love to walk, but you hate running then walk. Or, you know, if you know you need to eat more fruits and vegetables, but you cannot stand broccoli, uh, but you like carrots, you know, you want, uh, you know, so, so focus on the things that you enjoy, find what you enjoy in health and wellness and incorporate those things into, uh, into your day to day. Is there an yeah, app? That I is there a certain app? I may have missed it. Was there an app that you like that it, that does? Well, you know, I just use the uh, the health app on the iPhone. You know, it's just the uh-huh. health. It comes with the iPhone. It's part of the operating system, and it's kind of a warehouse for other for other applications. So, I mean, I'm, uh, I don't need to to wear a Fitbit because my iPhone, as long as I have it with me throughout the day, which I usually do. Um, it it is tracking my steps, and uh, and you know it's a it's a great uh kind of a, like the warehouse for keeping health and wellness information. You can track your weight. You can track uh you know uh oh check out the apps the, the apps on your iPhone or your Android the health app, and um so many I mean, so many people don't put their phone down anyway. You might as well have it. You know, access to all that. A lot of for me tracks everything. Right. I don't do anything with that info, but for some reason, I just like to track it. And like every once in a while, I go back. Like for instance, um, when I came here to Australia four months ago, right? Yeah, I had my watch on, and I just like to see like when I usually just like when I work out, I just like to see, um as how many calories I burn just out of curiosity of, okay, well, how does this exercise compare to this one? And I came here and like pretty quickly after a couple of weeks, I realized like my output doubled, right? Because I was going from like winter to summer too, but it was just crazy, you know, because of the amount I was walking because I don't have a car here. Um, so like my step count way more than double, like, on it, like on weeks where it's nice weather, I'll walk like over 20,000 steps a day, which is insane. I never came even close. I mean, that would be like a, a vacation day. I, I kind of am on a vacation every day, but in some ways here, right. walking down the beach and, um, you know, and I played my new obsession, this kind of transition to this, you know, as far as physical exercise and stuff is that is beach volleyball so i've like gotten in some leagues and stuff and so like i'll play for like obsessive like two hours a day and like on average i'll burn like over a thousand calories a day just on so like my phone alerts me it's like hey something's going on with you like you doubled your <laughs> is it? exactly what's my right there's one day i burned just like a couple thousand or more calories just in that day by just doing extra walking and playing yeah, but the interesting thing is, you know, that's tracked, that information, you have it, and, and now you know what that day feels like, right? You know what a, what it feels like to walk, walk 20,000 
maybe it was easy, right? Maybe you're like, wow, it didn't even feel like it. Or, you know, maybe it was really difficult. But I, I think every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I, I would be. I sleep like a baby, though. It's kind of fun. It's like I yeah, right? crap out of myself. Sleep. Oh my gosh, I bet you do sleep like a baby. Sun. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Can I, I, I want to show you this one product I love. Okay. Hold on. Let me go get out in my kitchen for those just listening. I'm going to find this, this uh, for my health. Where, where did I, I just moved? Oh, let's see here. Yeah, I like your new place. Here's some like bags, you know that. Yeah. I don't know if I can't find it. This is going to be embarrassing. No. I'm not the bundle. Yeah, I just moved to this place, so I'm like re reorganizing. But I love these pill pouches. Oh my gosh, we just got those delivered to the house. Brian, I love them. them. I don't know what, what it is. Because I've tried like, you know, the pill organizers, the big plastic it, ones. But I just love these little, little mini Ziploc. And then like once a week, I'll put, you know, vitamins, meds or whatever. And I'll... Do it just once, and then every it's so easy. I just go. I have them. Like I'll put them in my drawer here, you know, by where I my OJ, and I just pull one out. Boom! It's all prepped, and it makes it so much easier than like finding each pill thing and then taking it off. Right? That are so wild like that. Yeah, yeah. Brian just sets himself up for the whole week, and uh, just like you said, yeah, it's just a grab and go now. So. I pretty much like yes, great. I save these like I can never buy them again for some reason, you know. Like I'll yeah. flap them and I'll be like, I'll be like, oh, I can't lose another pill pouch. You know, but it's like I can buy them for like two dollars and get like Fitbits. Like I don't know, like I treat them like they're like gold nuggets. I'm like I cannot lose another. Yeah. You know, I'm like oh, I'm down to. That's, yeah, that's good for the planet, though, right? Reusing plastic. So yeah, we were just talking about. Yeah, that's a great, great. That's uh, yeah, definitely a great tip for uh, medications and vitamins. The thing I love about that, too, is, you know, with the pill organizer, you can't drag that around or say you want to take vitamins later in the day and you yeah. can throw it in your pocket or your backpack or whatever and uh, and have them, uh, you know, ready to drop in your hand whenever you need them. So yeah, also the travel. Advil, you know, like in my backpack, yeah. movies full of Advils or whatever. Right. You did or whatever, yeah. Yeah. But then it helps it become a habit too, because then you don't have to think about it, right? Like every morning, it's like part of my routine. And it's important too, because the mental health podcast, you know, probably half the people listen or more or like take meds and, you know, medication adherence rates are not good. And even if a medication is great, if you don't take it, it's not going to help, you know? So like those routines, whether it's like physical therapy or whatever, it's like, if we don't do it, if we don't incorporate it, if we don't find a hack. We don't find right. a to because a lot of these are just a hack. It's like we're hacking our brain, we're tricking our minds and to do what right. they don't normally want to do. Right. This is I want to I'm gonna drop this here. Maybe I, this might have been the one I was gonna and before, but um uh, I want to talk about habit stacking while we're talking about, you know, behaviors and health and wellness and habit. 
So habit stacking, you probably know about this, but I want the I want your listeners to, to know about it if, if they have if they don't already, is habit stacking is adding a new habit to a habit you already do. Like something that is my you know, that that's ingrained in you. So like I want to start um I wanna start, you know, getting ready like I talked about the night before for the next day. So every time I brush my teeth. I'm just going to go also to the door and make sure I have everything ready for the next day. Like that's a habit stack, right? Like, or if, you know, if you want to track your weight, every time you brush your teeth, you're going to jump on the scale and track. So it's adding a habit to something you're already doing. I use brushing your teeth because I don't know of anybody that doesn't at least do that once a day. (laughs) I don't know about the flossing. (laughs) So yeah, just something that, that, you know, is is uh, ingrained in you a habit that you're definitely going to do every day to stack something new onto that and it just helps you remember to do it and at the end of 30 days you know as as we know the the more you do a behavior the the, the more habitual it becomes in you well i think it's a great great tip for uh so it's adding like, oh, you're doing one thing you may as well do another kind of thing right Right. Yeah. 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 Habit stacking. I read an article on that. I really loved the the theory. Thought it was cool. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. And I think I mean one of the things I kind of have this model that I do with folks for like changing a behavior. And uh, I did a cadre series on it. Um uh where it's like based on like four principles, which is, you know, motivation plan, accountability, and a commitment. And just in the work I've done, because like a primary is addiction, and that's like, you know, you're trying to break these like hardest behaviors. And so with folks I work on, you know, because to change anything, we do, you know, it seems simple, but we have to be motivated enough to do it. And there's ways to enhance your motivation to remember the downsides of not liking what you're doing in the moment and thinking about all of the upsides and all what your life could look like if you do it. So getting that motivation enough that you can make a plan, right? A written plan. Here's, you know, with all the replacement behaviors of what you're going to do, right? So, you know, then you have accountability. Like I'm going to tell my friends about it. I have my therapist. And then the commitment is tomorrow I'm going to do it, right? Or in one week I write out, I commit to myself, I'm going to do this. I'm going to implement my plan, right? And so that person who does all those things, you compare that to someone who just says, all right, I'm going to quit tomorrow or it's New Year's. I'm going to just, you don't think about it, right? Having, and essentially like the things in your plan is I incorporate little hacks or tips or tricks for that individual. And it just, you know, it, it just, it needs to be a more organ, you know, hashtag organized, you know, approach right. to making changes when that's what, you know, and I, so I see that kind of as we're talking, how that, they, incorporates into the work I do with folks. Yes. Um, accountability is, I think, so huge. I know personally for me it is. And uh, um, but having a plan is so important. I, you know, I use this example too. You know, a football team doesn't just run out onto the field like they never met before the game. And the coach is like, you know, they had a plan. They, you know, they did the work. They had, you know, they were held accountable. They, that's a great model to look at. Just something that every everybody's aware of. That you know, it 
success doesn't just happen. You have to visualize it. And then, and then, uh, the, the, the better your plan, you know, the, the better rate of success you'll have. It doesn't mean that you're always going to meet your objective, but, uh, you just keep trying something, something else. Right. Yeah. No, you're, it's exactly, you know, I talk about a battle plan. It's like, do you want to just run onto the field and just hope it all goes and like, <laughs> right. you know, and then you're in the fog of war and you know, you're not gonna, it's not going to work, you know, cause it means again, behavior change is hard. The odds are stacked against you, but all of these little things, every little hack, every element of your plan, every big element of the, of the pillars I was talking about, each one of those increases your odds. Because if someone's just like, hey, I'm going to quit smoking this week, you know, I'm not going to bet on you. You know, it's just right. odds are not in your favor. But if you come to me and say, hey, look, I bought these nicotine patches or I'm going to quit on this date and I bought, you know, I bought this gum that I like and I'm going to do this and I'm going to track it on my phone. And i like, okay, that person still tough odds, but, you know, this person is much more likely just like with the folks in my like sober living homes. Like that's why I do sober living for people. Cause it's like, okay, who am I going to bet on the person who leaves treatment and goes back with their partner who also uses or whatever environment they came from or the person who goes and commits to living in a, a an accountable environment who's going to meetings as a spot all that. Like it's just that simple. Sometimes the more of these things you implement, the more likely you are to change a behavior and, some of those behaviors really equate to big changes in your life. Yeah, they definitely can. Well, we got a couple more we got to hit. So let's just pick one. Um, hit me. Do. Right. Let's do home. Right. So, I, I mean, I think it, we maybe underestimate or some people don't. I think there's more of like an awareness of it. Right. Of people like having a cozy home or having things like in their space. Right. Kind of with the whole Marie Kondo thing. When that came out, everyone's like, you know, but having things that bring joy. So I don't know. Tell me, what's your approach to a home and the importance of having your home in a way that it's a, you know, kind of a respite or a sanctuary? And what do you recommend for that? So what's a hack there? My approach, I think I'll, I'm going to wait on the hat for a minute and talk about my, my approach is the client's approach, learning what the client's approach is and what organize, organization means to that, because organization is different for everybody. Uh, my idea of when an organized room or home uh, is, is, is different from yours or anybody else's. I may want something, you know, the tape in that drawer because I, blah, 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 or I may, you know, love those stacks of books over there because I use them every day. And uh, somebody that doesn't read would see that as clutter. So really diving in and getting to know a client and getting to know uh, what systems aren't working for them, where their bottlenecks are, where they're struggling in their day-to-day -day or what they don't like. Uh, we call them uh, you know, those tiny little annoyances that, that add up. They're just the little things that, um, that over time that don't get addressed. Uh, so yeah, learning, learning what the client, uh, what the client's objective is. Now I, I can guide them there, but it, it's, it's like, 
Same thing with the football team. You know, I need to know the plan, right? I need to know what the objective is first. And, um, and then the real work comes in developing the systems that help, uh, help, help a person achieve those goals. So, um, I guess my tip or my hack for starting organization in the home would be to start small and start in a room where you spend most of your time and just do those things. And even if it's just clearing off a dresser in the bedroom, or if it's just organizing the top of your desk, maybe it's something as simple as gathering the trash in the room and emptying it. Um, and I, I'll piggyback another one on, I just can't stop with these tips, but the laundry basket method is so cool. And I love it. I seen that in notice you, you use a laundry, you love a good laundry basket. You I do. I love a good laundry basket. I really do. You know, you grab one and you walk through the house and you grab things in rooms where they don't belong and you just relocate them. It's a really cool process to kind of sweep through the home. And, you know, if you already have a somewhat or, or, organized uh, system in place, uh, you know, this just wouldn't work for a catastrophe. But, you know, for upkeep or, or whatever, it's a great system to to be able to walk into a room and just do a clean sweep and, and pick things up that either belong in the laundry or they believe that they belong in the junk drawer or, or whatever. So, uh, yeah, carry a box into a room and load it up and get whatever. That's the first step I encourage people to do on a kitchen organization project. Get everything out of the kitchen that doesn't have to do with cooking. Okay, yeah. but this for the home, outside of just the organization, I'm talking more for the enjoyment, right? What's something you need to think about in your home to make it a space you like to come back to? I mean, this is, to, you know, whether it be um, something to, rem okay, so maybe there's that idea, right, of removing like certain work things and reminders, right? Like to remove distractions, things to bring you out of this space of relaxation. I don't know, but what's something maybe you need to bring in um, to make your home a sanctuary that helps with your mental health? I don't know. Yeah, similar approach, right? So going back to what you're passionate about. So, um, or we could talk about, you know, architectural digest. You know, we page through a, an issue and people will point out, oh, I like that, like, that's a big, you know, log cabin with a roaring fire. Or, ooh, I like that. It's really dark, minimalist, modern. Um, somebody loves music. Somebody can't stand it. They'd rather read. So what do what would it take to make you feel how you want to feel? And um, if you're looking for cozy, let's go for cozy. If you're looking for minimalist, uh, you know, let's, let's take that route. So, you know, what do you, what would you do? What tip or trick would you do to help somebody make their home, um, personalized to them would be, you know, let's, let's spend a half hour and brainstorm at what makes you happy, what, what you're passionate about or what you want to do, say in a specific room. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, you Oh yeah. I think for like my personal life too, like thinking about it. Um, cause like I really, I really like my home. Um, and 
you know, I kind of had this cool opportunity where I moved and I, you know, moved out of this like kind of a shared environment where I had this house that I mean, I like, but it's like, okay, I'm moving, I'm going to have my own space again. And, you know, I had this kind of blank slate of an apartment and I was going to do some renovations. Um, it's like a two level, whatever, one of them was mine. Right. So, um, so it's kind of fun, right. When you get in a blank slate and you're like, okay, I have these things from before, but I got a little budget. I can get some new furniture and what do I want my living room? So I really, um, put a lot into it. So I'm like, you know, I'm probably going to be here for a while. So like even things like I added light switches in certain places. Cause like here in this place I'm renting now, it's like B and B kind of apartment. Right. Mm -hmm. I walk out of the bedroom here and there's no light switch right there. I would have to walk all the way here. And like, it was like that in my house, but I like brought in electricians. I'm like, I want light switches everywhere. Right. When I walk in this way in the dining room, when I walk in that way, right. So it's like simple things like that. Cause like in the morning, like in the middle of the night, if I have to walk out or I want to like grab a snack or something, I want to be able to just hit it. You know, really? I did that. Um, but like in my living room, like I wanted a certain color scheme, like, cause you know, everything for a while is about like, like, you know, kind of cold colors and blues. And I'm like, like, I want like warm. I know it's like ridiculous. Like I want like reds and oranges. Like that just makes me feel comfortable. Right. So I kind of set it up that way. Um, like in my office, even like, I love my office. And some of that's just because I look out into the street or right? I get a little parade of dogs and stuff. And, you know, I put this like little bird feeder out there. Right? And so then I see, you know, I, so like while I work, I get my like little birds and I kind of track them like, Oh, there's that Cardinal or there's that, you know, so I don't know. It's a certain thing like that that make me like my like my home, right? It's like customization is the word that was just popping yeah. in my head. Like, yeah, we got to you. You want your home customized to your needs. Customized, you know. You, if you're a big guy, you don't want a tiny little chair. You want a chair that that's comfortable for you. Or, if, you know, if you're the uh, the porch that Goldie likes shows, you know, you want to be the medium bowl. So yeah, you gotta you gotta customize your environment to make it work for you. And, uh, yeah, it's what, what are you tolerating? Right. What are your little, like, you know, right now you're, you're tolerating that light switch. Cause you know, number one, it's not your place, but, and you're not going to be there long after, but that's something that just annoys you, but you're just going to tolerate it. But a lot of times in our homes, we do that. I learned this when I sold a home and I had that laundry list of all those tiny little things and hired a handyman to come in and knock them out and it cost so little and i was just after it was done i'm like why did i wait to yeah this before I I was out my to do all this before. Before. so yeah. don't wait yeah don't wait and personalize your space now make it make it a happy space now. i've learned that to do it right away and not yeah. it's always easy like oh with the money but i mean i think it's a good investment if you can um you know, where like when I first moved in my house and it was like a shared environment, I was renting bedrooms out and stuff like I should have added that shower right away, you know, to the middle floor and not wait till I'm like moving out and, uh, right. you know, thinking about that. Yeah, I think that's really important and that that, that investment goes a long way. So I always notice that we kind of have this like bias as humans to be like, what I call it like my grandpa bias. Like, what do I need that for? You know, I don't <laughs> What do I need that for? Um, you know, it's like we kind of get attached to these things and, and then maybe it's not even the best way to approach life, but it's kind of like, maybe it's too decadent with comfort, but 
you know, it's like once you have the iPhone and you're like, how the hell did I live without it? You know, so it's like being open, I guess, to new things and not really realizing, or like, let's say you have a friend who has like an old car and they still have to put the tape deck to put the cassette or like, or they don't have the, just they don't have the car play or they don't have the blue. I was in a car the other day with someone and here in Australia, they don't really care about car stuff as much, right? So I got in the car with a friend and she didn't have a Bluetooth. Um, the car was older. She'd like accidentally bought the model without it. And I'm sitting there like, how have you gone this many years? Like I would, I'd get rid of the car right now. Like I would <laughs> fucking turn that thing in, you know, because then, but then you get the Bluetooth and you're like, how the fuck did I not live without this? I should have gotten more. Now there's maybe two sides of that coin where it's like, yeah. we should be more mindful and not get attached to these things. But at the same time, it's like, if that brings you joy, if you love listening to music in your car, there's certain things that you, that maybe are worth the investment. And I would say that like for myself, like I really like coffee, right? So like I spend a little bit more to get good coffee that I drink every morning that enhances my life. And another thing, maybe you could touch on this too. So kind of me doing this experiment, right? This kind of once in a lifetime, well, probably first in a lifetime kind of thing where I'm basically for the last since December, right now we're almost in April, I've been living out of two suitcases, right, in a bag, like for four months, right, and I've, and I've actually, I've had to move uh, probably eight times. I've had to pack those suitcases and move to another spot and back and here and there, and it's been, you know, I'm out of, it's so far out of my comfort zone. It's like every, I guess I'm used to it now, but it's like getting used to these new spaces and noticing Oh, I'm missing this, or I don't like in, in my last, and part of the reason why is just the housing where I'm, I'm living this incredible place, right? So, but the housing is so expensive and there's not a lot of medium term housing. And so I was basically living in a hotel that gave me a good deal, but I was living in a hotel room for probably, oh, probably two months of this, right? I didn't have a kitchen. I love to cook. I mean, I, I've been eating out every, it's just, just some of these things are out of my comfort zone. So I think there's a benefit to it, but then also it makes you appreciate when you do have that more solid home base. You know, I don't know what I'm getting at with that, but. Yeah, I did. It, I think it's so, so, um, I mean, I just think it's interesting that, that you're doing what you're doing and, and, um, living out of two suitcases for four months is impressive. I um uh, it it brought to mind when um I took I think it was a six week long trip a road trip and um I was so surprised by what little I needed day to day yeah and you know if I needed it I could pick it up usually um I love doing thrift shopping and stuff like that especially on the road or in different places. Yeah, there's just so many different ways to to live life now that aren't um, standard or typical or normal, you know, words like that. That um, I think as as we grow, you know, as humans, <clears throat> and everything's evolving so much, uh, there's so many different people doing different things living out of vans now is you know it used to be 
you know, Chris Farley living up on a van down by the river was like a Saturday Night Live. <laughs> but now it's desirable, right? It's like, yeah, you yeah, want to live in a van. People want to live. They want to live in a van down by the river. So uh, it's it's pretty funny here. So people here are all about that lifestyle in Australia. So like. Like, like my brother, he has this group of friends. They're all expats and stuff, but even the Australians here, like everybody has a van or a four, four by four. So my brother has this massive, they don't even make them anymore. So they're like a rare collectible, but he has a to Toyota FJ Cruiser. It's a tank. He literally drives around in this tank and he put um, this really cool like tent above it. Um, so it's like, uh, so there's always like a tent that sits on it, but it's like compact and then it like raises up. And yeah, they could yeah. sleep on but top of their car, so they could just hop in that tank and they could go anywhere in this massive country. And all his friends either have something like that or a van. And uh, one of his friends actually cust for work, customizes vans and rents them. And one of the friends I made here, um, you know, I play volleyball with, so we're always just kind of hanging over here by the courts. I live like so close by. I'm, I'm just living a beach bum lifestyle. So. You know, he, he and I will play and he's one town over, so we'll drive in, but I never saw like what he drove or anything. And so one day he's like, yeah, you know, I'll pick you up. And so I go outside and there he is. He's in a, a, this Mercedes Sprinter van, like the biggest freaking van, you know, he goes huge. And I'm laughing. I'm like, this is your car. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, this is so like, this is your primary vehicle. He's like, yeah, I drive it. Like I bought it because I wanted to customize it you know, and travel the country a bit. He's like, I just never did. He's like, I bought this here. So he opens it. The back is like a garage. He has nothing in the back of the Sprinter van. And I'm laughing my ass. I'm like, I'm like this. I'm like, you can build an apartment. Like I see people with vans. I mean, this is the biggest van I've ever seen. I'm like, you could build a two-bed. He's like, I know. I just never done it. So now you're just driving around and this massive van is your primary vehicle. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's these other things that are kind of bringing people joy is just getting out of your comfort zone and getting right. into nature, but bring like maybe bringing that comfort and re, uh, re thinking about what comfort is. And that's kind of what's made me do here a little bit where I'm just kind of living. It's like I'm living an alternative lifestyle of, right. You know, it, again, I'm lucky, you know, I still have, there's not a lot of air in here, but I still, these places I've gotten lucky where I have it, um, you know, so I still have like the creature comforts, but it is, it, it, there is something about it. I mean, it does kind of weigh on you to have to move all the time and, you know, right. people who travel to different places, but I've been able to, but it's just become like a new, like, you know, just like with habits kind of tying it back is it just becomes a new normal, right? right. Like me, like I, I've thought, even though I'm out of my routine, I have a new routine, right? I wake up, you know, I, you know, maybe go for a little, I walk to the beach, I don't, I don't even have a coffee mug, so sometimes I'll just, I'll just like be a weirdo and I walk down the beach like with my coffee, like I'm in my backyard or something, and I'll see my friends on the volleyball court. I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? You know, they're already playing. I'm sitting there walking with my, my with my mug down the beach. I, so I think I probably, I'm not going to buy a mug and just to continue. I don't know. There's something like even though it's inconvenient, I just like like doing it for a weird reason. But it, but it is too. That's sometimes those those little items that we have. Right, like yeah. pouches, the things yeah. that you know, or like you know, like everything for a purpose. Like I bought this like vacuum seal, you know, water bottle. I invested in that because it keep, you know, I could take it out. Like, and part of my routine is I leave the house around noon, 
right? Or something like I try to get all my busy work done, my meetings that I have to do and, you know, face to face on, on Zoom, whatever. But then I have a, a backpack, right? I have this like, like backpack that's really important because I put my laptop in there and then I, I, I just got this laptop case so that it protects it from the sand. So I could basically, I've packed like a beach bag. I have like goggles in there. I have like anything. So I leave and I don't come back till like eight or nine o'clock. I leave at noon and I'm just gone. I have my bag just full of stuff. And whether I'm going to play volleyball or this or go for, awesome. go for a swim or, you know, whatever, I'm prepared for what, you know, for anything. And it's like just those items and the new routine that develops wherever you, because we are creatures of habit, but then also thinking about to those little items that, that right. mean a lot to us. And, and what do I bring in my two cases and why? Right, right. You're redefining what is important to you, you know, at least in the space you're in. So with that, we got a couple more hacks. So how are you doing on time? I know we're kind of. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I can give it a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Let's uh, finish your list. Yeah, let's hit it up. So fun, having fun, uh, doing, you know, that's another thing, rec kind of that recreational part of your life. We all, we all have to do something that's fun. How do you, what's what's a hack or a recommendation you have for that? Oh, wow. Um, God, it's again, again, you know, what does fun mean to you? Um, I was in a meeting the other day. I, I, I'll toss this out there that just, um, I guess it, it would be time management. Again, it would be related to that would be make sure you're scheduling your, uh, your time for leisure. A lot of people, uh, especially like, you know, ones like us that don't have that typical, um, go to the office kind of life where work and leisure tend to blend together. Sometimes, um, it can be hard to really, um, block out the time, uh, whether it be, you know, to interact with your family members or your loved ones or, you know, or both or, you know, wh whatever. So um, blocking out and, and making sure that um, that you are uh, doing things that you enjoy. So make making the time for that. And another really quick one is, you know, don't think, you know, think outside this outside the box, especially since one of my uh, one of my tips and tricks is putting things in the box. But when when you're thinking outside the box, like the other day I was walking through the grocery store and I thought, you know, money is tight for a lot of people. And, and so, you know, you don't have to spend the money to have a good time or a lot of money, right? So I was walking through the book section and I thought, oh, you know, it'd be kind of fun is grab one of these cookbooks, find a recipe that's in it, and then, you know, just buy, buy what you need to make it uh, at the grocery store, right? You have to eat anyway. So it was just kind of, thought that went through my head so get creative about having fun um and and make sure you're scheduling time to do that that's a good one so with that too you mentioned the word creative that's another one i always push for folks is have some kind of creative outlet could be art right. writing could be knitting I, I don't know like i just i think there's a, it taps into a part of your brain because even though let's say like what you do for fun is um let's just say okay like i play volleyball or I, I go cycling or something like that right so there's something fun about it but there's but it isn't it's not creative and maybe even maybe it's not for everyone but I, I don't know I, I have this belief that it, you know creativity taps into a part of your brain and that everyone even like my mom she's like I don't have a creative bone in my body you know she's like 
my mom, well, you and my mom would get a, not that you're not creative, but my mom just like loves an organization. She's like, she's like, I have a very <laughs> near brain. She's like, I, she's like, I'm, she's like, I have a Japanese or a German brain, everything near. <laughs> and she loves the organizing. And she has her friends who are artists. She's like, I don't have a creative bug. She's like, she's very black and white, very kind of two dimensional or, or three, I don't know. But so it's kind of funny. But yeah, but I don't know. I think there's something to that. Maybe everyone doesn't need that. But what, what do, what's your thought on uh, finding a creative outlet and if you have any hacks on that? Oh. And it could be and it could be something like if you're an artist, like how do you organize your supplies or or writing or like organizing your time to do those things? I don't know. It could be, you know, anything. Right. Um, I I would say. um Make a list. Make a list of the things that excite you, that um, that uh, you know subjects that that you were good at in school or television shows that interest you, um, and and let those be your guiding posts. But um, as far as you know, the the actual organization, it really it really is, and it goes back to that that personal thing. It's had to pick pick organization systems that are going to fit for your personality and also fit with your physical surroundings. So, you know, if you have a elaborate system for organizing your beads, because you're this jeweler and you want your beads in all these different compartments, but you don't, it doesn't really work for you because you don't, it takes too much time and it kind of messes with your creativity because you like reaching in the bucket of everything mixed up, then, you know, keeping your beads organized is not the system for you. So make sure, you know, what you're choosing uh, to organize with fits not only the things that are going in it or that are going to be organized by it, but make sure it fits you and, and the way you operate. Yeah. Oh, that's a very, that's very good advice. Now you tie that organization in and I remember we talked about making a list and it's come up a couple of times, I think with folks with ADHD, it's been hammered into our head. And the issue I had, because again, with me and yourself as well, having these different boxes, right? And with ADHD as well, I could get very mentally organized. And, and some of that is just based on ability and brain structure. But some of that too is because it's like kind of like, because I have ADHD, I choose to do so many different things. Therefore, it is also difficult to organize and manage all of these different things that I do. And so I always try, I tried so many times to implement a system of making lists, blocking time, and it just never worked. And it was just always this kind of chaos. I mean, I'd get it done in the end. Was it in the most effective, productive way? Would I probably be further in life if I'd found something? Sure. But, you know, it's it wasn't optimal. And then I realized it was because I was always trying. I always felt like we have these tools to do it online, right? Whether it's on my computer, phone. Um, I always tried to do it that way, but it never worked. And I finally realized that I it has to be physical and that's okay. And it's like, it's okay to have to carry something. Like I don't necessarily take it everywhere, but I have it in my my primary workspace on my desk where I spend a lot of time. And every week, you know, every week I rip the piece of paper off and on Monday, that's, that, I found that so important. The first thing I do Monday is I restart my computer because I never do that. <laughs> <So it's> like, 
just so things like operate because like usually just gets gunked up with all these tests i restart my computer fresh i rip the piece of paper up i look at the old piece of paper from the week and i put on the stuff that i hadn't done and just all i do is i just think about what do i need to do and having those tasks and you know and i ever i think there's just a million ways of doing it. I have a different system i usually recommend and i'm just curious to hear how i do it and what you what your thoughts are it's like i have this legal pad right and I like it because it's got this little wood grain. It's yellow. You, you'll see here how it's all like wrinkled up. That's because right when I got to Austria, I brought two of these. I got it wet. <laughs> so I bought another notebook, but it dried. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. It's good enough. I still want this. I like a freaking thing, but I just, I like my yellow wood grain. Yeah. But anyway, so you know, I just do it. I cross it off if I even if I do something I didn't have, I put it on. I don't, I try to do one task at a time. The only time I break it is if I think of another task, put it on, I go right back. You know, so I like, I just, I have a system and I found that it's helped me immensely for my mental organization and productivity that I don't know. Cause every time I have to go back and think about what do I need to do? I'm wasting a ton of time. Whereas if I have it here, Oh, I just do all I got. I don't have to worry about what do I have to do. It's, it's here. I just do it. And the more I do, the better I feel. What are your thoughts, my Rand? Oh, I find, I find that the more uh, people with ADHD that I work with, the more I realize that the the pen and paper system is stellar for for um, for people that suffer with ADHD. One of the big big symptoms that I find, or the similarities. Um, I guess it's not so much a system, but the similarities in behavior with people with ADHD, they need to see what's what's happening, right? Like they need to, a lot of times they need to, um, they, they don't do well with things crammed in spaces like a packed dresser where you can't, they need to kind of see what's available uh, mm -hmm. uh, a, a, little, a little bit more, yeah, than, than other people. So, um so writing it down in hand and paper and pen, old school, is something that I do personally myself. I, um, if it's in a device, it just does it just doesn't exist. Especially if I I don't have a reminder set, you know, because and I may be in and out of my device all the time, but I can miss things a lot if they're not um, if they're not written down and in front of me. So I use your same system. Um, I have the same pad, those yellow legal pads. I have a long yellow. Something about that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I love it. The yellow legal pad. So um, that, that works for me. And I also, I, you know, there's a lot of this shaming of the old school way. Like, oh, you should do, you know, you should do Google Calendar. Or, you know, you can do everything on your phone. You should do that. Yeah. Uh, just like I, I discourage people from letting anybody tell them how to organize or what organization means. Um, you know, um, you use your own system, the one that works the best for you. And if pen and papers, what, what you need to do then by all means, some people do both, you know, they have, uh, they have the pen and paper and they take time once a week to make, to sync the two and make, make sure they're, they're, uh, they match up. Yeah. Any way that works, man, just find a system that works for you and rock it out. For sure. And it's that's why it's good, I think, for people like ADHD and stuff to like share tips and tricks I've learned from other people and what's yes. worked for them and trying it. So like for me, just just the I just do the task list. And the other thing I'll do that I need I should be better with, 
um, that I've done in the past is like kind of on the back page under it, I'll write like the day Monday and then I'll write a schedule. I'm going to do, um, you know, tasks related to home I'm going to do tasks related to cadre tasks related to videos, editing, you know, like whatever. And I'll kind of like write my day out. Um, and I find this, so that kind of a form of time blocking. Yeah. Because I even at a point created a time block of like, here's what my week and I, and I keep it right in front of my desk right there. It color coded, like, here's what, you know, just to give me a general idea of kind of like thinking ahead, here's what I need to do to reach my goals. I probably need to put this much time into this, this, because otherwise when I'm thinking about it in the moment, I'm, I'm confused. I don't know. I don't have a sense of this or direction, you know, that so for me, the task list I write out, I do, and I, and then all my uh, appointments I do put in phone, Google account. I have everything synced because I do need, I don't, I don't take my notebook everywhere. I don't really want to do that. Uh, right. I get the reminders. So I think there, there is a lot of software and stuff online. I just found for the tasks itself, I just, I need this right, you know, in front of me and I love it. The, um, but you know, I use things like uh, Evernote. Um, yeah. Program. So I have, right. like, I have a note for like all my, I mean, I probably shouldn't do it, but like, you know, I put like my passwords, um, right. you know, like, cause like it's certain things I like every time I have a new password, I don't fuck around. I go and I write it down because I know it's going to bite me in the ass if I don't, you know, just to have a list of like where my passwords are. So that I have another note for Kata, another note for Evan, the counselor stuff, another note. So then I, I always know where that stuff is and my ideas and, uh, right. Like that, like that's one I use quite a bit. Um, you know, yeah, digital boxes, right? Yeah, you're, uh, exactly, exactly. And in the handwritten format, you're boxing, you're boxing like tasks in their in their areas. Yeah, it's it's a system that works whether it's a physical box or a digital box or uh, or something written on a pad, right? You're, you're collecting ideas that or you know categorizing things that that'll work in a way that that's not going to drive you nuts for sure i right, let's do a couple of rapid fire because you and i could chat all day i love this <laughs> all right what's a hack for the importance of relationships in your life and who you have with you and, okay because that's how uh, i'm going up happiness a hack for the importance or the uh, hack to anything, anything that comes to mind, yeah. it's a relationship. I, I love love languages, the love language. Uh, uh, there are five different love languages. Um, it's, uh, you know, gift, physical touch, quality time, uh, affirmations, words of, yeah, words of affirmation. There's one more, I think, but. We have, that's the way we receive love. The way we see and feel love generally will fit into one of those categories. Um, the thing that really makes you feel the best, like, um, oh, um, acts of service. That was the other one. Yeah. So if your partner does something, you know, like, uh, you know, I don't know, washes your car for you and you just feel like, oh, God, that makes me feel so good. And, you know, that's the way you, that, that you, you, you're, you're, you would be an acts of service, uh, person in the love languages. And then it's determining what your, your partner, spouse, significant others love language is and approaching each other in their love language. So if, 
if I knew, uh, you know, if I knew you, Doug, acts of service, even even in friendships, right? You, you man, Evan really loves it when you think of them and you just pick something out because, or, or you know, that would be a, you know, you love receiving gifts or whatever. So approaching people from their love language, from the way that they like to receive love the most, is really a cool way to look at managing relationships and how different people uh, receive and give love. That's awesome, man. No, that could be help. I mean, that could be really helpful. You know, when you understand, because I, I think there is something to that, and I, there's some like kind of criticisms of that. You know, is it's not like the most scientific thing on the planet. You know, like, but I think there is something to that where I could think of like a, like some of my friends here. Um, like I have one friend who just like is the nicest person. She's like, she, she's always doing stuff for every, but she's just like, she's just like a machine of acts of service for everyone in her life. She's the most giving person. And to a point it could kind of like get a little uncomfortable. Cause you're like, Oh my God, I'm like way behind in, you know, what I owe you, you know, like, for this and, like, you know, for her just after a while. Cause I'm like, I'm not really good in like the minute to minute, like stuff but like i'm more like all right we'll do i'm gonna do one big thing for you <laughs> you know every period you know so I, like i went and son and i bought her a, a thing for a massage right a gift certificate for a massage i'm like you take care of everybody and i think it was just like getting that back you know it just like meant so much to her you know it just it's just interesting how different acts of service i guess be well are different um uh, ways you approach other people or show your affection can be received so differently. Some people even get like offended by like what a, someone else would be super. So I think that is good to know of people in your life, even if it's not like asking them to do the quiz or whatever that may be, but just kind of knowing them and, and being aware of what they seem to like. Cause with her, I always joke too that she's like a puppy. She's like, she's like a puppy dog. She has so much energy. I'm like, you just need a treat and a pat on the head and you're in your hat. Yeah. That's a good quality sometimes. Um, spirituality. Right. That can mean a lot. It can mean for some religion, it could be some nature, I don't know, like a concept of a higher power. It could be a connection with nature. I find that that's very important for a lot of people. Uh, do you have any Thing you work with on folks on that or any tips or tricks yeah it's just you know tapping into your awareness of what makes you tick uh similar to, to every other every other area we are all different right so what made work for me is doesn't work for anybody else me personally like nature is my is my church i'm spiritual you know i believe in a higher power and that i'm you know the sun rises and sets every day and but it has nothing to do with me <laughs> so um, but as far as, you know, I mean, it's funny when, when we talk about religion and organization, I thought, well, organized religion is something people talk about all the time. <laughs> so in religion, there already is organization. Uh, we even refer to, to different faiths as organized. Um, again, I would say, uh, you know, but you talked about it before. It's something that you do with your clients and I do it coaching too. I call it the wheel of life and it's looking at all the different areas of your life and measuring whether you're, uh, there's two ways to do it. How much time are you devoting to that, that area of your life? 
and what is the satisfaction rating you're going to give it. So that's what I was talking about at the beginning, right? Of like, right. What I do with them, yeah, that balance. Exactly. Well, and that's yeah, cool. and that's what we're doing here. I'm kind of going through right. the balance wheel for the life hacks, yeah. Right, right. So yeah, it's just uh, you know, it's funny we're we're ending on on this too. The the wheel of life is such a great indicator in um, not only what you're devoting time to, but what areas of your life you are feeling gratification. And if you're giving tons of time in one area and you have very little gratification, you know, it's something that you really should focus on and think about uh, maybe not spending so much time in the, in that area of life or get somebody to help you. Somebody that does like to do, you know, uh, you know can, can help you along in that specific area. But it's interesting too, with coaching clients, sometimes people devote so much time just something that they can't stand. Um, I just watched somebody's live that they were talking about running, like running a half marathon and um, running on a, you know, running just for hours. And, uh, but he hated it. And I thought, what are you doing? Like, why would you spend, why did you spend four hours of, and he hate, you know, he talked about the dedication and everything, which was so admirable, but, it really shocked me that somebody would spend that much time doing something that they hate. And um, uh, so I would say, again, with religion, make sure you're, you're scheduling time for what works for you as far as uh, spirituality goes. And uh, pay attention to, to uh, what is working for you spiritually and what isn't. For sure. You know, I could say like, I've got a great hack, like set your alarm to go off, you know, a half hour before church starts. Do you make sure you get there? I know that that's a hard one to tie in. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure that, you know, take a look. And I think it's that whole like satisfaction versus time thing. It, it seems like it, it fits well in, in faith that, um, you know, if your, your tank is dry, think about it and think about what areas uh, of, of spirituality resonate with you the most for sure um all right three more just quick ones and you can go so this one is another one that may be a little hard to do but i'll give you the prompt right so another thing that i work on people is their chemical health so we all have a chemical health and that may mean i don't use substances like alcohol or drugs but it is a part of humanity of our life and so we all have a different relationship sometimes it's an unhealthy relationship one of the things i do with folks is working on what does that chemical health mean to them just because i'm an addiction counselor doesn't mean i only work with folks with severe addictions who need treatment and this that and the other sometimes it's uh abstinence based sometimes it's let's try to get back on track and balance sometimes it's a non-issue um you know one of the things that i you know do with folks is like you know closing the back doors as far as like do i have if i'm trying to not smoke weed do i have weed in the house or do i have the phone or so there is an element of organization is that something you ever work with folks on is, you know, if they're like maybe drinking too much or that's an area in their life that you're coaching them on or anything just related to that? That's a little stretch as well. Yeah. As a coach, you know, as an organizing and, and you know, coach that I, I focus on, you know, cooking and, and um, 
and organization. I tend to stay away from that. I mean, I would refer somebody to a professional. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I, I would, I would, I would concentrate on some, uh, some goal setting. You know, uh, with addiction. You know, I think about I. I was a smoker for a long, long time. And I tried to quit so many times, but it was the time that I worked with a smoking cessation coach that I was successful. But I wasn't successful two times with that coach, but I kept at it and I quit smoking. I could not imagine smoking right now. Just, I mean, it just the yeah. thought makes me sick. But I did tons of preparation. I learned how much nicotine replacement I needed, the patches or the gum. I learned behaviors that, um, I would engage in that would uh, would attract me to, to smoking or give me the urge to smoke sitting in a different spot every morning than I would or uh, so I learned all of all that I could before um, I set the date and actually and actually quit so and that, um, that aligns with my model to everything that you were saying right so that that there yeah it's a good hack because that's substance it can mean a lot of different things so right right so really make a plan right like if you're if you're in a spot and you desire something else so decide where do you want to be what is it that you desire and then what do we need to get you there and and not just stop at the first you know if if plan b doesn't work you know don't don't just stop. Don't ever, you know, keep trying something different, trying something different and until, yeah. until you, you achieve your, your desired result. Um, That's a great point is you, you know, if the plan doesn't work, you come back and you readjust the plan because it, it sometimes right. will take three, four, five, six times of trying something, whether it's leaving an abusive relationship or getting out of the, you know, discontinuing a substance, you know, what, you know, the relapse is what you it is even though you, you don't want to relapse you want to avoid it but when it happens it is a very valuable piece of information you go back to the drawing board and you do it again that's what i work with folks on so that's awesome you brought that up um yeah but right. the, and you're learning too you're learning what doesn't yeah. work you know valuable information all right real quick what's your most viral video what hack was that and why do people why did it why did people like it so much? <laughs> My most most viral video was uh, using press and seal as a uh, I saw that as a cloak as a clothing guard. So um, so it's basically a bib, but uh, press and seal sticks to your clothing, and um, and it blew up. Um, and I think part of the reason it did was it's kind of funny. Like I toss this chili dog all over my my shirt, and it's actually hitting the press and seal. I stayed up pull the press seal off. But uh, but uh, it's really a great tip for so many different things. Like if you have sutures from surgery and you need to take a shower, you can wrap that up with press and seal. It's basically a saran wrap that sticks. You know, it's sticky. It has an adhesive to it. Um, so, you know, you can use it to cover stitches. It's great for, uh, you know, elderly people with dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, brides when they're getting ready, you know, uh, family pictures. If you have a bunch of little kids and you've got them all dressed up and you know, they're going to ruin their clothes, you can throw a bunch of presents on them. So that tip, that was the one. Yeah. That's a, that was a funny video. 
What's your, what is, what's your favorite hack? What's like your personal favorite that you maybe use the most in your life or your favorite one to recommend that you think is the most useful? And then that's the end of my, that would be, that would be number 15 hack. Fifteen. Um, I would say store things in clear containers. Oh, why is that? You can see what's in there. You know, if, uh, if you're looking in your pantry and you've got, I don't know, a bunch of boxes and stuff crammed in spaces. If you have things in jars, like glass jars or clear bins, uh, it allows you just to know what's there. Um, so if I had one blanket, like, favorite organization tip or hack, it would be, um, yeah, keep keep things in clear, clear storage containers as best you can. And there is one exception if you want to hide things, if you want it. Uh, you know, if, if from your you partner, hide your favorite cookie, <laughs> yeah. or just label it different, be like, you know, like <laughs> acid, spices. That's one of my favorite. Yeah, and that, yeah, it's funny like how those little things, like for example, when I, because uh, I like to cook, I have a million spices. I love my spice collection, right? So like in my cabinet, I have like one of those three tiered spice things, so you could put, yeah. You know, so you could see them, you know, like it's like yeah. things like that, that I just love. Um, all right. So I, now I'm going to share with you my favorite hack that. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. I feel like that. I'd forgotten all about it. I don't think there's like something I could like use to demonstrate like what a, okay, here. Perfect. Okay. So let's say this is a cheeseburger. So usually when we eat a cheeseburger, right, we pinch it like this, you know, and right bite into it yeah. but then what what happens when you bite into it and you squeeze it right yeah everything comes out the other comes way. out you yeah. kind of ruin it and you're like all right so apparently i saw this in tiktok right where in japan the way they hold it is not like this but they take their and it, you got to kind of watch this on youtube uh <laughs> or you could look it up but the ring finger and the pinky finger you pinch have you seen that not the hack, but I've seen people eat like that in, yeah. in Japan. So in Japan. wait, show me, show me how they're doing. Okay, show so instead of like this, you yeah, pinky. So yeah, so you remove your pinky from the top, and you go and you slide it around the back, and you grip okay. it like this, and it kind of pinches the back. Oh, slide it. It it doesn't come apart so your burger stays all the top areas all the sauce yeah stays well, in i told you i was the flight attendant right for 15 years well, i flew in japan a ton a ton and uh but i when you, as soon as you did that with your hands i'm like oh my god I, you know i've seen so many people eat sandwiches or you know whatever but i didn't know that's why they did how do i do that <laughs> so whenever I eat a burger, I show I show everybody. I'm like, all right, Jen is so cool. So now, yeah, so I eat a yeah. So you see those life hacks. You actually can apply them. And now my cheese, yeah. I eat a cheeseburger. It's a better right, experience right. than before. I um, think that's what people love about hacks too. Is you know, if it, if they try one and it's like, oh wow, it's if it solves something, right? If it solves a an issue or a trouble or a problem or, you know, a situation or whatever. People love it, right? Who doesn't love making life easier? 100%. <laughs> well, Dan, yeah. thank you so much. It's so cool to, you know, we've obviously talked and we know each other, but it's so cool doing these and getting better in the work you do and just shoot. I mean, you and I can shoot the shit forever. 
Oh my God. Yeah. And I learned tons about you too, which is great. It was really yeah. fun. My weird hat. Yeah, thank, <laughs> thanks for having me on, Evan. It was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Well, hey, where can people find you if they want more Dan and the organizer in their life? Yeah, I'm um, I'm theorganizerman.com. You can find me on Amazon at amazon.com slash shop slash theorganizerman. And I'm the organizer man on all other social media platforms. Awesome. Well, Dan, thanks for coming on. Go check out his stuff and uh, more to come.